You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 320. Today, we're going to talk about how life is a game and how you can win it. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another bonus edition here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. It is 2020. How are we doing? We are throwing a whole slew of extra bonus goodie episodes for you for the month of January because, hey, this is the month where we want you to get really strategic about not just setting goals, but starting to bring them into your life. The conversation in January is all about manifesting. And I wanted to bring you none other than the manifestation babe herself, Catherine Sinkina. And several months ago, she came back onto the podcast with me in the office. It was a fantastic episode because, you know, side note, the best, this is a tip for podcasters too, your best interview episodes are going to be the, the episodes with the people you have a great relationship with, rapport, right? And the first episode that we re-aired last week was when I first met Catherine. That was like my first introduction to her. And then this next episode that we're going to play for you in a moment is unbelievable. Like we just had an incredible conversation. The feedback from it was so good. And it's partly because number one, it was in person. Number two is after getting to know uh, each other and becoming friends Catherine Brennan and Chelsea and I, we all hang out together and have gotten to know each other really well. So it was like this like real, authentic, you know, down-to-earth conversation. And the feedback was amazing. So we wanted to replay it for you in January for you. Uh, January is this month of talking about manifesting. Catherine has her manifesting challenge going on uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, I want to make sure that you have gotten our free manifesting mini course training guide, which you can get over at jameswedmore.com forward slash manifesting. Here, you're going to get a four-step, step-by-step guide to help you be more intentional with attracting, manifesting, using universal laws, universal principles in your life and in your business. This is something I've been able to do. I've been doing for a very long time. And it's something that obviously Catherine does and we talk about it in this episode. It's a fantastic episode. It's all about this context for your life of looking at your life as a game. You may have heard this concept before, but have you really looked at your life this way? And then how to create that game and create it in a way so that you win. It's so good. So without further ado, let's play that episode for you right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at... Team Wedmore HQ with my special guest today in the office, Catherine Zinkina, Manifestation Babe herself. Hello, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, we've been like hanging out for a couple hours, so we are ready for this episode, aren't we? But what is ready even? Exactly. How do you get ready? How often do people say they're not ready yet and therefore don't go after their dreams? And then they're 90 years old, sitting on a rocking chair, looking back at their life and they're still not ready. Realizing that they probably we're ready all along, right? Yeah. Is ready an illusion? Do we ever really know when we're ready? How will we know when we're ready? 
already. You just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> if you haven't heard Catherine on the podcast yet, this is your returning, your second second time we're here on the show. Episode 159, you came on, you shared your story, you really introduced us a lot to your perspective and and the way you view manifesting. Mm-hmm. That's why they call you the manifestation babe. And so now we're going to take this conversation deeper today. I think we have some really exciting topics that we've come up with. So you guys sit down, buckle up. Let's get ready to get into this. Let's start with this. If you could like, if you could sum up your message, your perspective, like let's say you had 30 seconds at a coffee shop mm. with, with your most ideal customer. What's like, what's the one, two, three sentences that you would give them right now in order to have the most profound difference in their life? Yeah. No pressure, by the way. No pressure at all. I mean, I would summarize it as in you can create whatever life it is that you want to create. You can be, do and have anything in the world that you could possibly imagine. Life is a manifestation of what goes on in your imagination. Life is a manifestation of what goes on inside of your mind. I already said your success is inevitable. What else I would say is it's all rigged in your favor Mm. as well. Now I know it's also your, one of your favorite quotes. It's all rigged in your favor that life is really just a game. And you, you know, people are always so stressed out about finding their purpose. And that question drives me insane because I used to be one of those people who would always be like, why am I here? What is my purpose? And over time, I realized that your purpose is less about what you're doing and it's more about how you're being. And it's more about the journey and more about the experience and the failures and the mess ups and also the successes and also, you know, the ups and downs, like all of this stuff. The purpose of life is just to come here and to play this game. The point of the game is just to experience. And there really is no destination except for the destinations that you choose to have for yourself. And whatever those destinations are, obviously you want to make good ones because you want to get somewhere exciting. But again, there's no pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that pressure is that uh, self-imposed that we put on ourselves. That's a whole nother story. But man, we tend to think that like, well, if I put more pressure on myself, I'll perform better. Really? How's that working out for you? Not at all. Right? You know, I've come to realize that though, that your life purpose is less about what you're doing and more about who you're being was when I was studying to go to medical school and I was getting my bachelor's degree and I was learning about the human body. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like I was just fascinated. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be a doctor and then I'm going to be a surgeon. I'm going to save lives. Like this is so my purpose. Right. Mm. And then I discover on Instagram, one of my today best friends, Stephanie Burgos, she introduced me to this concept of multi-level marketing and online business and fitness coaching. So I signed up for this thing that I had no idea what I was signing up for, but got into my first online business. And when I was doing that, like when I spent time connecting with people on in Facebook groups and on Instagram and exactly the stuff that I'm doing today, but in the context of fitness and helping people like achieve great results in their health, I felt like I was living my purpose. Mm. And then I started Manifestation Babe. And once again, I'm still in the online space, but I'm not focusing on people's health and bodies. I'm focusing more on their mindsets and focusing more on the internal game and how they feel about themselves and, um, you know, what they believe their purpose is in this lifetime. And I more than ever, but once again, feel like I'm living my purpose. And I know that when I'm going to be a mom one day or like whatever that next level looks like to me, regardless of whether I'm still doing manifestation, babe or not, like I am still going to be living my purpose. So if I can be doing all these different things and still feel like I'm living my purpose and still feel passion and excitement in my life, 
then it's not about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about you growing into the best version of yourself. Yeah. And so if you're being the best version of yourself and you're proud of yourself, like you really are proud of how how far you've come. And it's not just about achievement. It's it's about the things that you've overcome and the obstacles you've gone through and all that stuff. Like that is your life purpose. And that's going to continue for the rest of your life. And every time you said that you had an experience of living on purpose, living your purpose, you described it as a feeling. It feels like, so what specifically does that feeling feel like? What does it feel like when you're living your purpose? Ah, for you? Such a great question. I just feel a sense of, I mean, obviously joy, Mm. like excitement, like excited anticipation. Yeah. Like I feel like when I am living, when I call it like I'm in the vortex, right? Like everything is just aligning for me. I have this constant exciting anticipation of like what's to come and I have no idea what's to come. And yeah, I can set intentions and be like, my success is inevitable and this is what I'm going to create. But it's like this constant anticipation of like, what else is going to come? Like, it's all just exciting. It's all just joyful. And then also I, when I'm living in my purpose, I'm also focusing on how I can help others around me. And it's not necessarily just focused on me anymore because when I'm truly living my purpose again with the doctor thing, right? I'm going to help people Yeah. again with the fitness coaching. I'm going to help people with manifestation. I'm going to help people. And then when I become a mom or whatever, the next, the next journey, you know, however it unfolds, it's still focusing on someone else. Well, it's so funny because I was going to ask that too. What's the common theme there between the three or four iterations? And that theme is around helping service service. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it can take a different form, which what I'm also gathering from this is I think maybe I've definitely rolled my eyes or two when someone says, just tell me what my purpose is, is that maybe they're looking in all the wrong places. Like they're looking up here in their head, right? Right. Like they're using the left brain, analytical, logical mind brain to identify the purpose. And, and what I'm really hearing is that this is, this is an answer found in your heart. Mm -hmm. It's, It's found through the feelings, through through paying attention to what is already lighting you up. And I've said this before. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, that if you're not doing what you love, then you're not doing what you're put here to do. And people always ask me, like, how do you find that? Like, how do you find what you love and what you're passionate about, what your purpose is? What do you say to that? Follow your curiosity. Mm. Like if all of a sudden you walk into Barnes & Noble and you're drawn to a specific section go there. Like if you're drawn to the gardening section and for no freaking reason, you just want to learn how to finally not kill plants. Mm-hmm. Like I have a tendency to, I'm not very good with plants. Good, great with animals, not so great with plants. And so like, what if one day I just feel inspired to like learn how to grow a rose bush? I don't yeah. know. I just follow that curiosity or, you know, everything that I've ever created or done or every event that I've gone through, or every relationship that I've created with someone else. It's like, I was just following my curiosity, like mm-hmm. something is pulling me yeah. to talk to this person or to read this book or to go to the seminar or to enroll in this course. Like I'm just curious and I'm following that curiosity. And I see it as like the universe is pulling your higher self along the path. And your job is just to follow your higher self around, like just follow it ar- along love the path. Yeah. I love that. And I have, to, we have to um, like maybe have our listeners. So somebody who is like asking that question, like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Is like uh, another way to really consider this as well is like, Especially when people say, I don't know my purpose. It's like, maybe you do and your purpose just scares the shit out of you. Yeah. Right? It's like that whole, like, I don't know what I want. I call BS on that. I love your perspective on this. Yeah. I, I absolutely believe we do 100% know what it is that we want. I think for a lot of us, it just scares us. There's a story around what it's going to take to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because all the like, 
who am I, the deservingness stuff right. will have to be gone. And what will people think? Uh-huh. Yeah. And who will be there and who won't be there? So maybe through process of elimination and the duality polarity of the universe, we can look at what is not your purpose. Right. What are the things that you know right. are not your purpose yes. and, and start there. But this is the perfect segue to something I really wanted to bring up with with you is this like idea of like, okay, if your purpose is something scaring you, just look, if you're listening, like maybe something to try on, like maybe you do know and it's, or something you want, like that you're saying you don't want is just scares the crap out of you so much that it's easier and safer to say, I don't know what I want. I don't know what this next iteration looks like. Catherine, I know we talked a little bit about before the show, the difference between that fear that is the ego versus that intuitive higher self warning. I think we both agree. A lot of people that are in fear are now we want to call spiritual ego saying, oh no, that's my higher self saying that I shouldn't go do this thing. Really? Yeah. So how do we know the difference between the two? Yeah, it's really powerful because, well, I have two answers. So the first one is like this concept of resistance. And you introduced to me a book. I think it's called The War of Art or War on Art. Or I mix, It's one of those. I mix up the title. I do every- too. It's not so weird. By the way, we're both <laughs> INTJs. Yeah. And which means we do not, we do not... <laughs> This is so bad for us to say. We don't. We do not concern ourselves with details. We really don't. I'm so uh, pronouns bad with titles. and and small words that are two letters are of little importance to us. The war on art of art. The war is art. Doesn't really matter. War art. It's, that's all we care about. Right. It's like the big picture concept that we remember from the book, yes. and that's all that matters. That's and it. like my philosophy is every single book that I read, or every single course I take, or every single conversation that I have with someone, if I can just walk away with one piece of value, just yeah. one. That's all it takes. It's worth my money. It's worth my time. It's worth everything to me. 100%. So in that book, he talks about resistance and resistance as being this thing that always tries to get in your way and stop you from achieving your dreams. And people always say, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, when do you know when it's time to give up? When do you know when it's time to, you know, like a lot of people say resistance means that you are not in alignment. And I always say that it just depends. So first of all, what is the outcome you're going towards? So if you are trying to achieve some, like for instance, one place that manifestation never worked for me was because I actually didn't want to achieve this thing, which was get into medical school. So at some point I just started experiencing so much resistance around going to my classes, doing my homework, getting good grades, applying to medical school. There was like a time where I just remember trying to get to class on time and I had like a 7.30 in the morning class and I had an hour and a half commute. So I had to leave my house at like 4.30 in the morning. It sucked. I just remember I'd also ride the bus to save money and like all this stuff. And there started to come many mornings where the bus would just stop coming or it would break down or like something would always happen or it would be test day. And all of a sudden there's a car accident. Of course, there's traffic and we almost missed the test. And the professor says like, we're going to fail the class because we came 30 minutes late to a test and like so much resistance. Right. And how I see it now is in that case, that resistance was a sign that I was out of alignment because I didn't even freaking want the outcome. Come. And I want to I want to dive deeper there because it is is it also safe because I know a bit about your story and you can share it here as well of course is that is it true though that there was actually a part or a few parts of you that did want to go to medical school there was um, just bigger parts that didn't the ego yeah because doctors in Kina sounds awesome yes gotta admit and also because my I will get the acceptance of my parents yes yeah so, so. it's like there's that part of you that wants 
to make your parents proud and happy. Yeah. Your parents want you to go to medical school. Therefore, to make parents happy, the strategy is medical school. Mm-hmm. So through a roundabout way, there was a part of you that wanted it. Right. But, and that's where I think a lot of resistance is coming up from people. It's like, we think we want these things, but yeah. it's like, no, no, we want what we think this thing's going to give us. Like right. the love, acceptance, and approval of our parents or the status or the prestige and all of that. Right. So I guess like becoming aware around the outcomes that you are, uh, the destinations that you're going towards. Like, is it something that you really actually want? And I know you had that voice that was asking that question. Oh, at the Tony Robbins event? Was it Tony Robbins event? Who are you living for? That question. Yeah, it was at a Tony Robbins event where I realized like I was living for everyone but myself. And I've experienced similar resistance in my business. So, so much resistance. I've had like employees just completely ghost me. I've had my website completely disappear on me, like where I went to publish a course that I just worked so hard on. Like my very first 10K launch was this, I was pre-selling this course. I finally created it because I saw that a ton of people sign up for it. Obviously, they want it. So I created it. The moment I hit publish, my website disappears. And I remember calling (laughs) my my host. It's just me and my business alone. And I remember calling my host like there's no one else. I didn't have any team members to do this for me as I do now. Thank God. But I remember calling my host and being like, excuse me, like, can you like make it work again? Because I, I just launched something and they're like, are you sure you had a website? And the moment I heard that, like my heart just sank and I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, did you back anything up? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, long story short, what ended up happening was Brennan, my boyfriend, he was my boyfriend at the time. He's like, Catherine, you're the manifestation, babe. Just manifest it back. Just manifest it to come back. The moment I I remember deciding, I I remember making a decision that I was going to rebuild my whole website by the morning because I had work in the morning. I was working Mm. my nine to five job. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to call in sick tomorrow. Here's a plan. As an INTJ, of course, you always come up with a plan. Here's a plan. I'm calling in sick tomorrow. I'm going to call in the morning because it doesn't make sense right now. I'm going to rebuild the whole website, spend the entire night doing it, and I'm still going to launch in the morning. So thankfully, I had all of my like files and stuff already downloaded to my computer, like the PDFs and the videos and stuff. I just had to re-upload and rebuild the whole website. And the moment I came to that decision that I was not going to give up no matter what, the moment I was like, okay, screw your resistance we're doing this. Yeah. My students are going to get the course. It reloaded in that moment. The lady was coming back on the phone and she was about to tell me, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but, and immediately she said, but boom, it just reloaded. And I was like, actually it's back. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, the website's back. She's like, that's impossible. And I was like, well, can you teach me how to back it up right now? Please, please, please. please. <laughs> and so it goes away. <laughs> yeah. So she taught me how to, you know, so obviously I've felt so much resistance equally in my business, but it's mm-hmm. just that this time I actually wanted to be doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I believed that there was a destination or an outcome. You know, I believe that my business was the key to both helping a ton of people and also creating the kind of life that I wanted to live and the kind of lifestyle and the the finances and everything and the travel that I wanted to experience. And so resistance is going to come you know, in both from your ego and from your higher self. It's just a matter of you identifying, is it because, you know, like your ego will always try to get you off the track because it feels like you are stepping outside of your comfort zone and your ego has this connection that when you're outside of the comfort zone, there's danger. 
right? And so your higher self knows that you are going to learn something so valuable from this resistance, you need to get through it. And for me, it was obviously learning how to back up a website. Like obviously I know how to do it now and I make sure my <laughs> team knows how to do it and our website people know how to do it. And obviously like it's crystal clear, you back up everything you do. And it's because I learned that lesson from resistance. So both ego and higher self will give you these little tests, right? Yeah. But I was actually... So I have a lot of students who ask me, Catherine, how in terms of like warning you that this is not the right path for you, right? This right. is not the right decision for you. How do you know if it's your ego freaking out just to keep you safe, mm-hmm. which really it's not about safety. It's just about your comfort zone because there really is no like tiger, lion or bear around the corner. Or if it's your higher self, like giving you a warning and saying, hello, this is not a great situation for you. Let's get you out and let's go. And let's give a specific, I'm going to give a specific example here. So like team building for so many people, all the things come up for them. So you're going to go hire your first person and now you're faced with some negative emotion, like something feels off. Is that intuition guiding you saying this isn't the right person or is that ego saying hiring letting go of control is really scary please don't do that stay right. in your comfort zone so that's yeah. that's to give some context yes yeah go ahead so i had an experience after i set an intention i don't even think i was like conscious of setting this intention but i'm starting to work on a project and in this project i'm really starting to piece together the pieces of like how how does everything fit into this belief that i have that life is just a game and we're here to learn And one of the things that I'm exploring is how your ego is one of your opponents and you have to learn how to essentially overpower this opponent and learn how it actually is also working in your favor. But it's just that we allow it to get out of control. And then also how your higher self is your ally. And so... I, for the longest time, will give my students like an answer, but I would always tell them that they have to learn from their experience. And so I had an experience that I can help teach for people. And it was basically, I used to have a severe fear of flying. And I know we talked about it just before this podcast, how I used to take Xanax to get on planes and it was just so, so bad. And finally, after years of personal development and coming to the conclusion that like, this is probably teaching me surrender. And like, there's no way that I can control any outcome here. I don't know how to fly planes. And thank God I don't, (laughs) thank God I have no knowledge because I'd be a crappy plane flyer. I'd be a crappy pilot. So thank God Uh, I don't. Let's call it a plane flyer. (laughs) (laughs) A pilot. And it's just like, I'm stuck here. Like if I'm meant to survive, I'm going to survive. If I'm not meant to survive, there's nothing I can do to stop it. And so I've long, like, I don't feel any fear anymore when I step on an airplane. And I was flying recently from Austin back to Los Angeles after a girl's trip that I just went on. And as I was getting on the plane, I remember scanning my ticket to get on the plane. Everything's fine. And then as soon as I like see the plane and start walking and start boarding it, I just immediately feel my heart start racing. Mm. And I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, I thought I already did this. Like, ha ha universe, but I don't need another lesson. I thought I already overcame this. And I sat in my seat and I just remember watching people get on the plane, get on the plane, get on the plane. And out of nowhere, I just, and I always do this. I always Reiki the plane and set intentions that everyone's going to have an amazing flight and we're going to land safely and go on our merry way. And when there's like little kids and babies, you're like, oh, good, because God wouldn't kill the babies. Honestly, it's so funny you bring up babies because the babies always go behind me 
in my seat. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, I'd be like, universe, what are you trying to teach me? And the response that I would get intuitively always is, you're you're the one who's not going to be the asshole to get mad at the parents that their oh, kid is kicking your seat. Yeah. You're the patient one. And so this is why they're sitting behind you. And so anyway, everyone's getting on the plane and my panic just keeps growing. It's just this anxiety that just keeps rising and rising and rising. My my heart is just racing faster. My palms start sweating. It's like legit fight or flight mode. And I remember texting Brennan immediately and I've never done this. Because he wasn't with you. He wasn't with me. It was just me flying to meet him. And I texted him. I was like, Brennan, can you please pray for me? Like mm-hmm. I've never sent a text like that. And he's like, of course, you know, which was so fascinating how calm he was, which now in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing, nothing was going to happen. So he was like, yeah, of course. And I said, can you also like send really good vibes to the airplane and make sure it's like going to get to Los Angeles? And he's like, yeah. And then I sat there and I like already unpacked all my stuff. So my laptop was in front of me. I was getting ready to do some, um, some work. My duffel bag was already in the bin above me. I had like my headphones out, bottle of water, like everything was set up for me to fly. And I just caught myself packing up. I just start packing up very like I didn't want to scare anyone because I had I also had this weird feeling that it was just me in combination with this flight. That was weird. Mm -hmm. It's like the flight on its own is fine, but just like me on it just changes the game. And it was, of course, so irrational and so weird. Like, where did that come from? So I start packing up and I call Brennan. I'm like, Brennan, I'm going to get off this flight. And he's like, what? No, 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 no. (laughs) Like, I I, I'm meeting you at the airport and like your flight's only two hours. Like, calm down. You're going to you're going to get there fine. I'm like, Brennan, I can't explain it. But there's a voice telling me to get off this plane. And of course, I'm like, here we go. Now I have to explain to the flight attendant why I'm getting off the plane as she's about to close the doors. And then I'm going to have to explain it to the gate agent. I'm going to have to find another flight to LA. Like I was just like, what is happening? But I just couldn't help it. It was just like a last Hail Mary. Like I had to get off. And this is the first time I ever did this, but I got off the plane and I legit told the flight attendant that I forgot something. I was like, it's okay. And she's like, your bat miss your bag is on the plane. Like, did you check a bag? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll find it at LAX. Like it's fine. No, like, you left your, your I left bag my lug- in the yes, overhead. This is how, this is how weird and desperate I got. It was just, I left, no, no, no I left my um, checked bag. So it's in the cargo. Oh, oh right, right. So right, it's right. going to arrive okay. at LAX without yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I get off after finding another flight, which of course I gave up my, I left my plane ticket, my boarding pass on that flight in the seat behind me. So I couldn't get back to the Delta lounge. And then the next flight was by United and it was across the airport. So I had to walk all the way across the airport. I had to talk to that gate agent, book the next flight. Then I called Brennan and I'm like trying to process what just happened. And I was sitting in the lounge and I just, he's like, just journal on it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So an hour of journaling, I'm just talking about how embarrassed I am. Why did I do this? Now I'm going to be so tired. Now I'm going to land at 11 p.m. when I was going to land at 5 p.m. And like, Catherine, what the F are you doing? And so, of course, I'm like, okay, but maybe I was right. So I immediately start tracking the plane Mm. and I see that they took off. And like, I used to be so obsessed of when I had a fear of flying, of knowing exactly like the safest times, like when the plane has a lesser of a chance of falling after takeoff is like at 10,000 feet. I know like just like all of these weird stats that I would just like. So whenever I'd watch, especially when they have screens on the plane where you can track your altitude and your speed, like I knew all the normal ranges. And so I knew what what was normal, what wasn't. And so I was tracking this plane on like flight aware and I saw that they're already at 30,000 feet and they're good. And then I ended up tracking it. So like two hours go by, I see that the plane landed and everything was fine. And then I felt even worse because I'm like, why wasn't I on that damn plane? Now I'm hungry. There's crappy food here. You know, it's United, like all of this stuff. And 
as I was journaling, journaling some more, just getting like so fresh with myself, I was like, oh my God. Immediately that question came back up. Like, what is the difference between your higher self warning you and your ego just flipping out? And I was like, wait a second, this is the lesson. And so I opened up my notepad because I keep my really good notes inside of my, my phone. And I immediately wrote down, fear from ego is frantic, anxious, all of a sudden, palm sweating, trying to get you out of there ASAP. Last minute decision to drop out is usually ego. Mm. And I still don't know why, but I think it's like, I immediately paralleled it to like that moment when you're about to step on stage or that moment when you're about to launch a course or that moment when you're about to go on a live stream or that moment when you're about to ask someone on a date or like anything that you want to do in life that's going to take you to the next level. But it's like, usually you get nervous, you get anxious, your ego like tries to scare you out of it just because it's outside of your comfort zone. And then I immediately thought, like, okay, there were times in my life before where there'd be like a detour and that detour would be some sort of blessing in disguise that actually got me to something better, right? Like when I talk about in manifesting, you always want to tend on this or something better. Mm -hmm. Like your higher self is always going to take you to this or something better. And it's going to come in the form of some sort of detour. And if my higher self actually didn't want me on that plane, then there would be a flight cancellation or there'd be an accident on the freeway. There'd be traffic for no reason. I would miss the flight. I wrote down here, your higher self actually warning you about something is it's going to give you a detour without you recognizing it's one like usually just something changes and you don't know why it changed you're like oh missed the flight i'll just get on the next one and maybe i don't know maybe it saved you from some crazy situation Mm -hmm. making something happen for you preventing you from getting into an unintended situation or also calmly and this is the key frantic versus calm calmly inspiring you to take an action to avoid a potentially dangerous situation. So if I was really not meant to get on that flight, the way that I interpret it is I would have perhaps that morning would have just felt like this feeling like something feels off. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but just something feels off. And out of nowhere comes this inspiration to just see if there's any earlier flights to LA Mm -hmm. because maybe it can be disguised as like, I just want to get there earlier. Like I'm done here. I'm done in Austin. I want to see Brennan earlier. So let me see if I can get an earlier flight. And just like, what do you know? Because your higher self is in the universe or conspiring in your favor. It ends up being like a free upgrade or ends up being like super cheap or like something happens in your favor regardless. And that's when it just all hit me and it made so much sense. And I was like, wow. So I named that experience flight without flight. So fight or flight, but (laughs) flight without flight. And I finally got the difference. That's so great too, because what that also means is that when you are feeling that anxious franticness, you can choose to stop feeling it because you'd only be in this situation because of your ego. Exactly. Your higher self wouldn't have taken you Exactly. So there's nothing to be freaking out anyways. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's a common thing for you. Like you're just always on this journey. Like every experience in your life is this like profound breakthrough learning experience. Yeah. Do you feel like that happens where you get these experiences solely just so you can like I feel like I get it for for others too. Yeah. And some of my followers on Instagram or students in my Facebook groups, whenever I would talk about like in a post or in a live stream or in in a story on Insta story, like I'd be just talking about some experience that I had and how like crappy it was, but here's what I learned. They always, I've heard this many times. They're like, Catherine, I feel like the only reason you got that experience was so that you could share it with us and help us. So crazy. Like it didn't have to happen to you, but it had to happen through you. 
like I talk about the like when I I got my threw my back out on on my honeymoon with Chelsea and it was bad and immediately this download of this book and reference I don't know if you've ever heard heard the story but the short version is is like four in the morning when I couldn't move I like get into this meditative state and I have this flash this memory and I'm like why am I remembering this what is all this about and it was listening to Joe Polish I Love Marketing podcast four or five years maybe even more earlier wow and I'd skipped the episode because it was about back pain and I'm like Oh my goodness. And I went and Googled it and I found it. It's this author, Steve Ozanich, his book, The Right Pain Deception. I, I download the book immediately within two, three days. My back pain's gone. And then as I'm healing from it, I message Jilly back home and I said, maybe give this to Josh. Josh, her husband, who works with us as well, was suffering with plantar fasciitis, like couldn't like walk without like crutches. He couldn't drive or anything. Reads the book completely, like transforms his life. He goes on and runs like marathons after this and then all these other people have now like shared these stories and i'm like i don't really think that that experience was necessarily for me right you know what i mean it was just like i think i was able to get it like because i I, the author came on the show and he's like most people are so resistant to this work because it's a whole mind body connection like basically he has to tell people that the reason you have this this surgery inducing crippling pain is it's the creation of of your thoughts and your emotions. It's repressed emotions. It's energy stuck in the body and we need to release it and the pain goes away. And he says, most people, they want to fight me for so long on it. He's like, I don't think I've ever had anyone be so open and healed so fast. And I just always thought back to that. So I just find that really fascinating that like, it's like, I don't know. It's like when you're willing to be that open and be that much of a student, it's like, okay, great. You become a channel. Right. Yeah. And it's like you're learning through these experiences. And if you're resistant to learning, you're not just affecting yourself. You're affecting everyone who's supposed to receive the lesson through you. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, again, we come back to like, it's not just about you. You're here to create a ripple effect. Yeah. Let's continue this ripple effect. So how long ago was this? The airplane? Yeah, the story you just told. Literally two weeks ago. Okay. So let me ask this question. Uh-huh. See if you're going to hate me for asking this question. <laughs> Do you have fear of dying? Um... Not as much anymore. Okay. Yeah. What is your relationship with death right now? My relationship with death is it's going to come in divine timing. Like when it comes, um, yeah. it means my job was done. Like my my yeah. impact, my job was done. Right. So and, so when there are times like maybe a, a fear of flying, not that it happens anymore, do you kind of find yourself telling that story? It's like, wait, my job's not done. I'm not going anywhere. You know what's so funny? My mom actually, she had multiple psychics confirm. Like my mom out of nowhere, we're <laughs> sitting in Costa Rica and she's like, yeah, I'm going to die at 84. And I'm like, what do you mean? What, why, are you, that. why are you telling me this, mom? <laughs> she's like, no, I've had it confirmed six times oh by six different psychics that I'm going to die at 84. Wow. When you're right, and you're I'm right. Like, and I'm like, okay. And so jokingly, she was like, so yeah. So anytime you fly, just bring me on the plane because I'm not going to die until I'm 84. So if I if you fly with me, <laughs> we're, all, we're both going to be okay. Yeah, and until your 84th birthday. I'm just like, mom, that's so weird. But um, I just believe that we're going to reincarnate back into the next life when we're done with this one. Mm -hmm. And I really don't believe that we die. And in fact, I'm obsessed with like near death experiences. There's a really great book, Dying to Be Me by Anita Mm. Morjani. It is absolutely amazing. It just blew my mind. And it's just all about, it really confirms this, this belief that you're just supposed to be yourself in this lifetime. Like you, like you know, it's, it's creating this balance between like self-improvement and being already good enough. Right. Right. It's like, it's yes. like this paradox of both 
achieving more, becoming more and growing more, but then also knowing that you are just as amazing and incredible being your divine self. Mm. And so she talks a lot about that. And she just talks about how she got cancer because she was so afraid of dying. And so it was, wow. it, it was pretty much like how I interpret it is my interpretation that she manifested cancer so that she could learn this lesson of how death really isn't that bad. And if death really isn't that bad, you have nothing to be afraid of. And so then while you're here on this planet, if death is not that bad and if death isn't that scary, then life is not that scary. And so come here and just live your most epic life, you know, up to your highest potential. And then when you die, like you're just going to carry on those lessons, whatever you learn in this lifetime, you'll just apply that to the next lifetime and then learn new lessons. And it's just like the cycle that goes over and over and over again. That's at least how I see it. Yeah. Did she have a near death experience? She did. Yeah. She died for, I don't know if it was several hours, minutes, hours, something like that. But she literally remembers conversations that were happening between her husband and the doctor while she was outside in the hallway after her thing flatlined, like her heart flatlined. Did you, did you read proof of heaven? No. Oh, yeah. You got to put that on. The okay. List. Oh, that's so good. Writing that down. He's a, he's a neurosurgeon or he's a doctor of sorts. And he was like staunchly against. I have that book. I just haven't read it. Yeah. He's okay. like, this is, he's like, it's not an NDE. They're not, they're not experiencing something beyond this. It's uh, it's just a chemical disorder, something that happens when the brain is like falling apart or something like that. He was like so against it. Yeah. And then of course it happens to him. Right. And the book is about his experience and like, you know, leaving this body to open up to this like infinite expansion of consciousness and awareness yeah. and then like bringing that back in and him like describing the whole process from death or leaving this body, not actual death, but you know, leaving the physical body. And it's like, it's unbelievable. So the cool. human experience is like basically that entire universe just condensed into your format, like your form, mm-hmm. your, your human form. And so it's like, it's like condensing it and giving it something tangible so that it can experience itself and then go back up to the collective consciousness. And like, I don't know if you, if you see the universe in this way, James, but something that really helped me become a better manifester is this concept of like different, uh, different parallel realities happening all at once. And like your only goal is to collapse the timeline between your timeline and where you want to go. Yes. And so there's like, there's different, there's different parallel universes or realities going on right now, different timelines where it's like you, if you never started your business, you, if you never met Chelsea, you, if you never hired someone on your team, it's like, there's so many infinite possibilities. And then you really like from this timeline, you just decide where's next, where do I want to go, what I want to create. And then really how you collapse the timeline is by being that version of yourself. That's it. I mean, that's it. it. That's it. That's all we have for today. (laughs) So if you weren't paying attention, you might want to rewind that. Absolutely. Like, okay, so we're living in this 3D reality, Mm -hmm. right? Everything that's in the 3D that exists within the plane of the 3D is measured, right? Even when we grew up in school, they're like, everything that's a noun is a person, place, or thing, right? And then the smart kid that was like the dreamer was like, what about our thoughts? What are thoughts? You know, like I can't measure that, right? And so, so here's all these things we can measure. Like you can measure this desk. You can measure its length, height, width, depth. Mm -hmm. You can even measure its weight. Like we have all these physical things that we can measure things in this 3D world. But then there are things that we can't really measure. Like time is, is one of them. Or love. Well, yes, absolutely. Consciousness. Yeah. Right. And so there's there's one theory that that posits that we're that consciousness actually exists in a 
different dimension than not the third dimension. Yeah. And that it's in that higher dimension that we have access yeah. to all different parallel realities and that we can actually bring forth and call we forth can pick that. and choose guys. Exactly. Exactly. Which is kind of great to really even ponder. like, yeah, there is a version of James that's still like 80 pounds heavier and didn't start his business because he was too scared still. And Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Have you heard of the Mandela effect? Yes, I have. That's like that's like what convinced me of this. Really? Yes. It's just like seeing... Um, the Bernstein Bears. Yeah, it's like seeing that there's two distinct or more memories yeah. of like something being spelled a certain way yeah. or said a certain way. And it's just like, how does that happen? It's obviously some sort of split in yeah. reality at so, some point. So you guys are going to have to Google this. Yeah. It, I don't know how to explain it beyond that. Well, okay. So the the question is to really trip people's minds is do you guys do you guys listening remember the Bernstein Bears you remember the yeah. Bernstein Bears of course we remember the Bernstein Bears we love the Bernstein Bears the question is how do you spell Bernstein and so most people would say it's like I don't know B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E or I-E-N if you go and Google it it'll say did you mean to say on Google Bernstein yeah no 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 it was Bernstein Nope. If you look, it's burn stain. And there's a couple other of these examples that are like real prevalent. One of them being the, the Nelson Mandela one. Yeah. It will start to warp your mind. Now, you got to stay open-minded, folks, because you can look at your present reality, which is an illusion anyways. But you, most people will swear like growing up and there's this like collective conscious agreement yeah. that Bernstein, S-T-E-I-N or I-E-N, the I and the E, was what it was when we were children. And now we're looking back and it's stain. Yeah. It's insane. Like I, I know I drove my first car was a Volkswagen. And the way that I spelled Volkswagen was V-O-L-K-S-W-A-G-O-N. Like you would spell wagon, right? In, yeah. in English. But it's actually the last letters are G-E-N. Yeah. So it's like German Volkswagen or whatever. Volkswagen. And everybody would remember. And also like logos would look different. Mm -hmm. Like some people remember a logo in a certain way. And it actually like if you just go on YouTube and type in the Mandela effect, like they will give you all the examples that you need to be like, oh, what? The yeah, and, and then it, it will really blow your mind. A and little you bit. can start asking yourself, OK, how did I remember it? And then like Googling and seeing how it's actually switched and being like, how do I have such a distinct memory? I know. And it's just, I have no other explanation except for parallel realities. Time travel. It exists, folks. You didn't <laughs> think we were going to go here, and we did. You know, one of the things that you like that I'd like to talk more about as well is kind of this, like, what you called a paradox. And I see this as well. Yeah. This, this paradox of, like, our lives as being complete, perfect, whole. Like, you are perfect as you are right now in this moment. To accept that is so beautiful. That's the truth. And then this paradox of, like, tapping into more. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, the, the biggest paradox that I have experienced like sharing with my students and teaching is like this concept of both having a desire and like holding on, but at the same time, letting go of it, yeah. like focusing on a desire, but at the same time, forgetting it. Yes. And it's so it's like it's so difficult for some people to conceptualize. And I, as an INTJ, have created like step. Step one, step two, you know, like step one is <laughs> process focus enough to get crystal clear, but then forget it. Yeah. Right. But really like what I've come to realize in manifestation and life in general is like, it's all a paradox. 
And paradox really is. is really the only truth that there yeah. ever is. And when you can get comfortable with not having such rigid belief systems and having an open mind, I think that's what paradox teaches us is having an open mind yeah. that it can be many truths all at once. Yeah. It can be this and that it's yes. not, we don't live in an either or reality. We live in an and reality because it's mm. so abundant and there can be so many things happening all at once. And so I think paradoxes like thinking about them, what was the one that you just brought up? That you're perfect. Yeah. But also like this idea of achieving more and right. stepping into more potential. Right. And accepting that, I guess, like that's where this kind of like, I don't believe in balance, but it's kind of like this game of balancing where sometimes you go through waves or seasons where you, as you said, I don't know if it was my podcast or your podcast where you're like, oh, I think it was the one where I interviewed you where you I asked what's next. And you said, really, my reality is like kind of catching up to I'm me catching up to it, and yeah. I'm just enjoying it. And sometimes you can have waves or seasons where mm-hmm. you are just enjoying what you've created. And then you move on to the season like, all right, let's get back to work. I'm so yeah. excited to create this. So I I see it as like a dance. Paradoxes are like a dance between the two. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself visualizing and focusing on what I want and creating the vision board and setting the intentions. And then I'll have months at a time where I don't do a single ritual whatsoever. Like I just don't even meditate. I don't journal. I don't say anything. I don't look at my vision board. I don't do anything. I'm just in that space of being with so much certainty that it's already done that I don't need to do those things. And then I find myself going back to then again, okay, now it feels good to focus on what I want. Now it feels good to plan. It feels good to put things on my vision board. So really it's just a dance between the two, knowing that sometimes it'll be this and sometimes it'll be that. Mm -hmm. And the less you stress out about that of like, am I doing it right? Am I doing you're wrong right that's where the game changes well, that, it's that question that would say no <laughs> if, you're, right. if you're asking that question then no yeah yeah L- drop a little bit of that resistance i also let's talk about that too is that is that balance between the desire and letting go right it's like you, you hear and things like napoleon hills thinking go rich have that burning desire but there is a paradox inherent in that that if yeah. you if you really want something isn't that what you're putting out is just the acknowledgement that you don't have it. Yeah. Um, you brought up a book called Dissolve the Problem. Yeah. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Richard Dots. Mm-hmm. So he has a book called It Is Done. And that's the yeah. one by Richard Dots that changed my life where he said that if you really do believe that it is done to such a degree, you would be at peace with it not happening. That melted my brain the first time I heard. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so what I've really started implementing in my life is like the point of manifestation really is to feel like it's already done to such a degree that it doesn't matter whether it actually happens or not. Because as far as you're concerned, the mind doesn't distinguish the difference between real or imagined. So it doesn't matter whether it happened in your actual reality or not. You already feel like it did. And that's all that matters. And the moment you let go of this need for it, Mm -hmm. right? Like I needed to happen and this obsession and desperation, and you are just so happy and at peace knowing that even if it doesn't happen, I'm still going to see myself in a positive light. You know, it's not, I'm not going to give it any meaning. Yeah. That's when it happens. And I experienced a launch actually like this. My last launch for Manifestation Babe Academy was the most amazing launch that me and my team have ever experienced because we got so at peace with having zero expectations. Like we really balanced between, we set a goal of like, I think it was like 300 people. 
And every single day, we just didn't care whether people signed up or not. And it's not like we didn't care in the sense like we don't care about anyone, but it's like the right people are going to come in no matter what, because we believe in what we're doing. And I had my own personal like manifestation process of like, if this launch is not the biggest launch, because you know, every goal as an entrepreneur, you want to get bigger and bigger launches, right? So if this launch isn't bigger than the last, it's not going to mean anything about me as an entrepreneur. It's not going to mean anything about me as a person. I still have my entire life ahead of me. I will figure it out. I don't have to put all of my self-worth onto this one launch. And so then I just got into this game of like, let me play. Let me see how I can tweak this to experience a different result. Like, let me see how I can change my messaging today. Let me see what post is actually coming through me. Let me see how maybe I'll do a Q&A today. Like I just started to play with my launch in this energy of even if it doesn't go my way, I know my success is inevitable no matter what. And at the same time, like holding on to this vision of like my success is inevitable. So Mm -hmm. it's like a balance between the two. What ended up happening is, first of all, I felt no stress the whole launch. My team confirmed they felt zero stress the whole launch. We had a new team member who didn't even, who was like, what are we even launching? Like (laughs) on the last team that I was on, because she she worked for another entrepreneur and she was like every time we'd launch it'd be like this stressful process mm-hmm. she's like i don't I even know what was going on i was like this is this is how you guys launch and we're like no this is the first time it ever happened but just bear with it like enjoy it because (laughs) we're learning this process and we ended up overshooting our goal by 100 people of course so and that's like a hundred thousand dollars because we didn't give it any more meaning than it deserved we just did our thing we just served the people we just we were just being rather than like do 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 and i love what you said about like we just chose not to care like i just didn't care yeah and like what crazy advice Catherine and james are giving you right now is like hey you want to grow a business then just don't care actually even crazier is i i I learned this from selling out my bali retreat because i launched my bali retreat the last day that i was finishing up my last retreat and i opened the cart and i have like a whole year to fill it up right so in my mind like thankfully this is what drove me to come to this it was like the accidental experiment that led to this other experiment that i ran with my launch but i was like i have a whole year to sell it out so i really do not give a f if i sell it out today or not whoever signs up is meant to sign up and from that energy completely detached where of course i care right? Of course, I want people to come to Bali. Of course, I want them to sign up. Of course, I care. But it's like my approach was just so detached. And I knew I had all this time. And I just took all the pressure off of me that I sold out the whole thing in 36 hours. Yeah. And I remember talking the Bali girls that were still in that retreat, like it's sold out literally in front of their eyes. They're like amazed. They're like, wow, you really are the manifestation queen, you know? And they're like amazed. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to apply. I was like, because I'm so open and transparent and vulnerable. I share the lessons that I'm, I like go through my own retreat with them. So I share like what I'm going through. And I told them, I'm like, guys, like watch, I'm going to, this is such a powerful lesson. I'm going to apply it to my next launch. And I just took that exact energy and like transposed it to this launch. And now I, I really love launches and I really just enjoy everything that I do. And I don't have these like crazy rigid expectations Mm -hmm. where my goal for this year is to close a four million dollar year but like even if we only hit half of that which we're really close to already half of it like it's not going to mean anything more than just i did my best exactly yes yes it's been my secret it's a secret goal i have for all of our mastermind members is that at one point and i'm don't care when they figure it out (laughs) 
but it's to get them to the place where they do not care, where they do not give an F. Yeah. For people listening, I, I think this might like kind of trigger and jolt some people. And I really want it to like, wake up, keep listening. Get triggered. <laughs> get triggered. Because what this is really about is like cares of the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sub- significance and meaning. Yeah. And like what it means about where you're at and, oh, this is the beginning of the end, which is a lot of my stuff. If it didn't, if it wasn't growing, it was dying. This was yes. evidence of the beginning of the end. Like all that stuff. When you just like let that go and just don't care about it. But at the same time, here's the paradox again. Yes. You do care. Yeah. The higher self, the bigger part of you cares. It's like we need to get this into the hands of as many people as we possibly can. These people need our help. We want to help these people. I want, I'm living on purpose and I want to live fully from that place. So it's like, it really is that paradox. It's yeah. like, but don't care, but it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like a method of silencing the ego. Mm-hmm. Cause that really is the goal because a lot of people have their egos out of control and that's why they're just so attached and obsessed and just like so focused on themselves. Cause that comes from ego. And so the best way to silence it is being like, listen, ego, I don't care because <laughs> yeah, my, higher care. Self, doesn't matter. my higher self already has the freaking game plan and I'm yeah. going to listen to that. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned a few times and I'd love to go deeper with this now with the time that we have left of this concept of looking at life as a game. And yeah. you talked about some of the players of the game. Let's, let's get into this. Yeah. So I have an interesting perspective of life being like virtual reality. And I came to this like idea or theory even before I watched the matrix. Like I just watched the matrix for the first time, like what? three months ago. Yeah, I know. And so what I know. And when I watched it, I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. It's a um, documentary. Yeah, it is. It really is a documentary. <laughs> so I think it was people ask me like where I got this concept from, but it really was just an unfolding of a lot of experience and a lot of realizations all coming together into one where I just came to the conclusion that life is like this one big virtual reality. Because Mm -hmm. if you can create your reality with your thoughts, that's like you having a video game controller and just like literally controlling the output that goes out into the game. Yes. And then what you're going to get in return is whatever output you put. So that's like your energy, right? Being extended into the game. And the players of the game, what I recognize is like your ego is that part of you that's here for the 3D physical body. It's just here to keep the 3D physical body in the game so that it can play the game. And and to make it as real as possible. Exactly. So that you forget it's a game. You ever notice like for anybody who played video games or my nerd friends out there, your experience over the years of playing a video game got better as what? As the graphics got better, as the options got better, as it became more real, it became a better experience, a better game to enjoy. Sorry, keep going. So this is like really strong virtual reality. And your ego is your only opponent. And really the goal for your ego is just to keep your physical body going, but it doesn't have any more power than that. And your ally through this game is your higher self. And this brings me back to like, okay, so games have rules, right? What are the rules of the game? The 12 universal laws, which one of them is a law of traction. Then there's a law of action, law of vibration. It's all these universal laws that make the the game work. And those are the only rules of the game. And the rest of them are made up, right? Like, so the rules that, you know, your parents tell you about money, like money is scarce and you have to work really hard and hustle. It's like, there is no universal law. There is no rule that says that that's just completely made up. So you can learn to let go of those rules. The challenges of the game, which any good game has challenges, mm, right? Like yes. you that you have to overcome something. What a boring to make it. game that doesn't have any challenge. Exactly. Is that the game you want to play? The one where you win in five seconds? No, hell no. Yeah. So like 
any kind of challenge or obstacle that comes in your way is part of the game and it's also happening in your favor. I believe that the game is rigged mm-hmm. in your favor, right? Yeah. So it's all here to teach you something so that you can go on to the next level. And the only way that you prevent yourself from going on to the next level is by not learning the lesson. And that's why in life, you will keep getting the same lesson over and over and over again until you finally learn it. And it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger because at some point your higher self is like, come on, can we please move on to the next lesson? And so finally, or next level. And so you just have these levels and, you know, the whole purpose of the game really is just to play it. It's just to experience it. Like you're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to fail. You're also supposed to succeed and learn about yourself and actualize whatever it is that you want in your game and experience whatever you want. And that's the only point. The point is just to be in the game. Yeah. And keep playing it and keep playing it. And then you die, you turn off the game and then you turn it back on and you're in the next, you're in a different body (laughs) and you just keep going. Right. And, but you forget that you played it before. Right. Which means we've already played it before. Played it before for sure. And we forgot. It's time to remember, folks. And by the way, scientific articles, like there's an article I pulled up on ScienceDaily.com. They're speaking more and more to this idea of the universe being a hologram. Mm. Here's a quote I will read through here that just like, and book, a holographic universe, worth reading. The holographic principle asserts that a mathematical description of the universe actually requires one fewer dimension than it seems. What we perceive as three-dimensional may just be the image of two-dimensional processes on a huge cosmic horizon. And that it's actually like our consciousness that is projecting this this hologram, but that none of it's real. And there was something I read recently. Have you heard about this? Where like, you know, we're familiar if we're all made up of atoms. We learned that in school, right? But atoms right. are 99.9999 empty space. space yeah. So if you were to take just the the solid, that point oh 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 one percent of every human on the planet, and there's like 7.5 billion of us, and you put that dense mass together of all the humans on the planet together, that would equal the size of a sugar cube. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Because that's how much empty space we are. Do you know the physicist Nassim Harameen? Of course I do. Yes. Okay, so... Black black hole, and it's W-H-O-L-E, will, like, bend your mind wide open. Is that a documentary? That's his documentary, Okay, okay. He, like, shows up, so... Some context. I was in, I was going on a spiritual trip in Abu Dhabi as part of the Platinum Partnership with Tony Robbins, and... We were in this huge, opulent hotel, like in hallways, like bigger than houses. Like it's insane. And we were like way, 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 way back in one of the rooms. And I remember it was time to go to the very first opening part of the event, the very first day. And Brendan and I, my husband, we were walking. We have no idea where we're going. Like it's literally a maze. And I was just like, let's just go this way. There's a lot of doors this way. That way just seems like more hotel rooms. And then we see this guy who's also similarly dressed because we all dress in like black and like it's very cold in Tony Robbins events. So we're all wearing like jackets. And we see this guy that looks just like us. And I was like, oh, there's a plot here. Let's walk with him. And we start walking with him and we're like, are you, you know, are you going to the Tony Robbins event? He's like, yeah, I am. And we're like, oh, okay, we are too. And so we just decide to walk together. And I was like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, San Diego. And I'm like, oh, cool. What do you do? And he's like, I'm a physicist. And I'm like, awesome. Like quantum physics, you know, because like <laughs> you're on a spiritual trip. So you must be into quantum physics. I don't assume that you're like this very linear left brain logical person is very anti you know spirituality and woo woo like you must be open to this stuff so you must be a quantum physicist 
And he's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, cool. So I started saying like, I have this brand called Manifestation Babe and I teach people about the law of attraction. So you do like the science of manifestation. I do like more of the the energy and the woo woo and the, you know, the artsy fartsy version of Manifestation Babe. And he's like, yeah, fascinating. And so we just kept like talking, talking, talking. And then he was like, well, I know that we're all jet lagged. So hopefully you don't fall asleep on me when I'm on stage, you know, doing my talk. And I'm like, who? wait, I'm like, wait, you're not, who are you? And I'm like, wait, you're talking. And he's like, yeah. And so when he gets on stage and he literally presents this mathematical equation that yeah. proves that everything can be the unified field theory. And I think like the, um, I think like the, I don't remember what it was exactly, but how I remember it, it was in October of last year. He was saying something like all of the atoms in the world are also either way as much as in one atom or like something crazy. Like we're literally like everything is like tiny, probably sugar cube. And I was just like, oh my God, who is this guy? Like, who am I talking to? And I was like, so fascinated and amazed. And now every single Gaia documentary that I watch now, he's like in it. And oh, he's yeah. just like, ev- he's everywhere in this yeah. world. And it was so funny because I remember him talking on stage about all of the backlash that he gets from the scientific community. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that time, speaking of like, everything conspires in your favor and you're here to learn lessons. At that time, I was dealing with like some haters on Instagram. I don't know, some trolls or some negative comments, right? Mm -hmm. And so I saw that he was, he was leaving the event the exact time that we were. And again, it's like everyone dispersed and it's just the three of us again. And we're walking back to the hotel room. I'm like, well, crap, like Catherine, don't, you know, don't get intimidated. Like he's just a human being. Just be cool. Yeah. Like, you know, like just act like you acted before. And I was like, so I immediately brought up the conversation. I'm like, so... How do you deal with criticism? You know, just like open up this conversation yeah. is so beautiful to witness. He's like, yeah, it's so hard. He's like, especially when people attack your personal life. Like he's like, it's not just my work. It's also my personal life. And it's like one of the hardest things ever, but it's made me the strongest. And it brings so much more passion into my work because I believe in what I'm doing. And yeah. that's all that I need. That's all that I need to know. And I'm changing people's lives and I get to meet people like you. So it's all worth it in the end. And I was like, Wow, what a beautiful man. What a beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? We end up walking and I'm like, damn, like, where's his room? Because we're still walking together, like through all these long hallways. And all of a sudden we realize we're neighbors, like door to door. And I just remember looking to my left and being like, good night. And he's like, good night. (laughs) See you tomorrow. And it's just like a interesting experience. But yeah, like we're talking about the holographic universe yeah. and that's a book I haven't dive diving into yet, but I did learn a lot about the like double slit experience. Oh, uh, yeah. ex- yep. Experiment. Experiment. Yep. Fascinating. Oh yeah. Just like it's such a confirmation that we're all consciousness and everything forms when there's an observer. And so we're just here to observe our own creation. Yes. Like yep. that's just mind melting. I like what he, his perspective on the criticism too. what you mentioned, because I will always found myself that whenever there's opposition to my perspective, I just, it, it fuels the perspective. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, then I need to get more effective at, at proving this point. Yeah. You know, and it Love really that. drives that. Like, I really enjoy it today. Like, I just feel like if you, if you had a message and the whole world, whole world just responded, yeah, I know, Catherine. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. You'd be like, oh. That'd be so boring. Okay. You know, like, yeah, so boring. So other people's egos are also your opponent. Mm-hmm. Whoa. There's, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And let's go back to that. Okay. So your higher self is your ally. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So it's like your sidekick or what? Like, what do you mean by ally? It's your direct connection to source. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's like that friend that's like holding your hand and leading you through life. And it's that like when you feel pulled to do something, like I just feel as we talked, like I just feel pulled to follow this thing, um, uh, my curiosity, right? I just yeah. feel pulled to talk to this person and start this business or toy with this idea or get into crystals or whatever it is. It's like, that's your higher self, like tugging your hand, like, mm-hmm. hey, there's something here for you. There's something here to yeah. teach you. There's something here for yeah. just, it's not always just about like learning too. It's also experiencing joy, right? Like the, that's also the point of life. And so sometimes you do things just for the joy of it. And so I see your higher self, like leading you down the path and whatever destination and I don't see it as like destination as in final outcome because every goal is just like I see it as like a checkpoint right there really there's a milestone yeah Yeah. there's no destination and so it's like okay you want to go there I'll take you there and it just like leads you down this path and it's just like your your advisor your friend the the one that you confide in the one that gives you all the brilliant ideas the one you know like I thought about the game what's the game where they open the briefcases then there's number. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. What yeah. is the name of that? Oh my god, with, with Howie Mandel. Yes, and you know how like they get a chance to like call a friend. Yes, that's literally like at any time you have a call a friend. Yeah. So you get to call your higher self, and that's like tuning into your intuition. Mm. Like, what does my higher self have to say? Because it's always going to give you the right hint. Yep. But it still wants you to learn yep. the lesson too, right? So like sometimes we fail to follow our intuition mm. and it's still for a purpose because then we know, okay, next time I'm going to listen to my higher self. What are some examples of some things that you feel like you've been led to recently and things that have already turned out? Mm. Like for example, we went to, I went to the restroom before we started this episode. TMI, James. They don't need to know that. Your higher self had to lead you there? <laughs> wow. On the way back. Uh-huh. I asked myself some question. I don't even even, it doesn't even need to form in words anymore for me. It's just kind of like putting that intention as a thought essence of like, what's going to make this special? And it was immediately like, oh, Catherine's concept and talking about this whole, like the players of this game of life. And I felt very led to be like, remember I came back in the room. Yeah. I was like, Catherine, let's make this episode about this concept you're talking about with life as a game, right? And you're planning to stand through the whole podcast at that time you're like let me just stand here no my ego wanted to stand and then it was like no <laughs> higher self was like sit your ass down all right be cool but what else i'm led to right now you talked about the rules of the game yeah and you talk about the 12 universal 12 universal laws well yeah. you shared the 12 universal laws at bbd live i did so for all of our listeners tuning in now we're gonna link up a uh, a link to grab that entire presentation wouldn't that be an awesome oh my god that's so awesome right that yeah. was that was like a nudge i got as soon as you said that i was like wait Catherine wow. shared this and this is only for our business by design members they saw this live they loved it well we have the whole recording i actually so, have a story for you now well, well as and, you finish your and, thought and, you no know, and yeah and I'll, I'll get to i'll finish my thought one day but the point is is like these nudges are happening all the time just we talked about like manifesting yeah. is happening all the time are you listening yeah because i'm having them going to the bathroom coming sitting down and and listening to you i'm like oh we definitely need to to send that to our listeners so i'm just curious you got your story but i want you to answer the question is there any example like small big like that recently that it would be a great example of yeah that's my story oh so it it has to do with you since we're gonna connect it all together so in the beginning actually end of last year in the beginning (laughs) in the beginning of time (laughs) last year in december 
was a time when, you know, the year is ending, you plan, what are you going to do next year? When are the launches going to be? Whose mastermind are you going to join? Oh boy. The oh big, boy. Big question. So last year I was in the mastermind and I was also doing Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. Massive, massive investments. Also really great investments. And I just wanted to tune into like, where do I need to focus on in my life and my business to get to the next level? Like, what do I really need? And I remember last year's mastermind was awesome for making relationships made awesome connections. People who whose podcasts I've gone on, who have led me to opportunities like being featured on Goalcast, like just really awesome opportunities. And um, the Tony Robbins thing was a much higher investment. I remember Brennan and I like toying with, is it worth it for both of us to do it? Or is it worth it for one of us to do it and have the other come as a guest to the events? And immediately my ego was like, but I'm supposed to have the black lanyard at Tony Robbins events, you know? And so I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So, but we were still like, we were still having a hard time deciding. And at some point we're about to join we were thinking of joining your seven-figure mastermind as well as rejoining the mastermind I was in and doing Platinum Partnership. And I immediately was like, my intuition was like, that's not what we need mm. because we need to keep building the foundation in business and we need to be there for our team. Like we need to be home more. We need to do less traveling. We need to give up some of our trips for an entire year in exchange for a lifetime of trips in the, in the future. And like your higher self is always leading you to short-term sacrifices and exchange for long-term benefits. Your ego is always leading you to long-term sacrifices for short-term benefits. Mm. And so sacrifices, like, yes, there's sacrifices involved. And so I knew that I had to sacrifice some things in order to get to the next level. And, you know, when I was on my grandma's couch, I like sacrificed my ego for an entire year. And I was like, law of attraction is absolutely real. And I'm going to prove it to myself. And that was like the best thing I've ever done. And so this year I was like, this has to be my unsexy year where I invest more in strategy. I invest more in staying at home with my team and hiring people and reinvesting money, more money into my business rather than all these masterminds and all these ideas. Like I need more structure. And so we finally, Brennan and I finally thought we figured out. So we were actually, we decided that we don't want to get overwhelmed too much with strategy. And James is a lot about strategy and his mastermind. So maybe it's not James's mastermind. And so we were like, maybe we both do the mastermind that I was in last year. And then we just Brennan signs up for Platinum Partnership. And we're like, okay. And then I think we had a call coming up that week, you know, about your mastermind. And I had no idea what this call is going to go like. I didn't know if you were going to interview me for the mastermind because I remember I had to apply. Mm -hmm. And so like, I had no idea what was happening. I only knew that I was getting on this call to say that, sorry, I can't do your mastermind. (laughs) (laughs) And and Brennan and I have come so far because I've dealt a lot with my ego in my business. Like I started this business and Brennan came in later and his you know opinions don't have as much weight as my opinions and just all this crazy stuff that like we've grown so much in that area. Mm. And so I promised him that I would not make any decisions until we've had some sort of conversation about it. And so we had a conversation agreeing that we're not going to do James's mastermind. Right. And so I get on the call with James and immediately my higher self is like, like we're having this great conversation. And I felt like we were old friends connecting with Mm. one another. And I think like before this, the really the last time we talked to one another was probably the podcast interview that I did in April. And then, then it was like DMs back and forth. And I know I was an affiliate for BBD and stuff like that. But that was like a real conversation. And it was just such a great conversation. I felt such great energy from you. And immediately my higher self was like, no, 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 no. You have to say yes to him. Wow. And I was like, but 
but, but, but I have to talk to Brennan first. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of this call. I'm like, what do I do? How do I buy myself time? You know, like I just knew I had to say yes to you. But I remember telling you like, well, I have all these things going on. I really need to give up, make some sacrifices in my business, not invest in certain places. And I just don't yet know which one I am going to give up. And I remember in my head already being like, okay, it's James's mastermind that we need to join. And Brennan needs to do platinum partnership. And my higher self was just like tugging at me, tugging at me, like say yes right now, say yes, you're going to do it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so I remember buying myself like time from you being like, can I give you an answer in like 24 hours? And you're like, yeah, of course. No, and buy so, now, right now. Three, right now. two, yeah. one, go. And gone. <laughs> and so you're like, yeah, of course. And I remember being in the car on the way to Vegas to buy Brennan these specific linen pants for our wedding that like the only size that they had of his pants were in Las Vegas. Of course, we had to go to Vegas to get them. We made like a fun weekend out of it. But I said, listen, Brennan, like on the way there, we have to isolate four hours of this drive to figure out whose freaking mastermind we're getting in because I had a change of heart. And he was like, are you freaking kidding me, Catherine? And so we end up agreeing that we're both going to do James Wedmore's seven-figure mastermind and he's just going to do Platinum Partnership. And I remember walking into and, you know, made a decision, whatever, few weeks go by or a month goes by. And then it was like the first weekend of the mastermind. And it was like everything that was missing for mm. us in our business. It was like absolutely everything that we needed. Because I remember intuitively a day before we walked into the room. Where, where was it? Laguna Beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the day before, for some reason, I was like, I keep hearing about this book called Traction. Maybe I should look into Whoa. it. And then the next day, I walk into the mastermind and everyone has the traction book laid out on everyone's seat. On the seat. table, yeah. And I was like, wait a second. All right. So traction changed mm-hmm. the game for us in our business. Everything we picked up from the other members in the mastermind, everything we learned from you, it was it absolutely revolutionized our business. I do not believe that we would be where we are today if it wasn't for mm-hmm. me listening to my higher self exactly. and yes. saying yes. Yeah. And uh, that makes me so happy. I mean, thank you so much for for sharing that. I really appreciate that. But it also, like, I shared this with you earlier, like how much you guys have really gravitated to that work of the unsexy stuff, yeah. like putting the team and the structure in place, where so many people resist it. And I've I've found this correlation that it people like gravitate towards it in like direct correlation to how big their vision and goals are. And I just don't think it's a coincidence that you guys have such big goals and like a bigger future vision. And it's kind of that paradox again. It's like, here's this, we're perfect at where everything we are, but like, yeah, this is where we'd like to be. Yeah. And it's like, of course you'd want a bigger team. Of course you'd want more structure and more, more of that stuff in place. It just, it just makes so sense. So you guys really have like embodied so much of that. It creates so much more freedom. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It absolutely mental emotional freedom, not mm-hmm. just not just time freedom. Right. Cause my team knows what the frick they're doing yeah. now. Whereas last year it was like I was still I remember still during launch time, like mm-hmm. I was really driving the whole launches. And then yep. this year it's been like they tell me what to do. And it's like the coolest feeling ever because I know ultimately I have creative freedom and I can override everything, but I'm giving them the power because I know that the only way to scale this company and the only way to reach my 10 year goals is for them to make, even if I literally see them about to make a mistake, 
I just let them make it because I want them to learn it and have an emotional attachment to it to where it's like they treat it like their business and they have some sort of emotional pain to just it. Just like your higher self does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the same I'm like thing. a higher self to my team now. <laughs> it's literally the same thing. And so like I, I see the mistake coming and I'm just like, oh my God, they're doing this right now. And then instead of trying to fix it, I just let it happen because I know ultimately nothing's going to mm-hmm. like take our business down. Yeah. No one's going to take the business down except for myself. Right. And so I just let it happen. And then I see that they learn the lesson and next time they do it better the next time. And that's how we all grow together. hundred percent. Someone was listening. That's really makes me really happy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I have a story and it's gone so much lower than it is today, but it's like, no one's listening, but they are, and you are, and so many of you are, but I doesn't, doesn't mean I'm going to stop saying it over and over and over again, but that's, I mean, that's, that's huge. So thank you. Okay. I could go on forever and we could geek out about so many other things. Part gonna, three, four, five, six, seven, exactly. eight, nine, ten coming. This is, this is part one of 25, <laughs> but to wrap up part one, any final thoughts right now that are coming up for you? Anything else is on your mind? Anything even to, to make this specific, like, What's something someone could do to like something that's been so big of your journey is like, how do I become a better manifester? Well, what can someone do right now to become a better manifester in their business? Especially in your business to become a better manifester. This is going to sound so counterintuitive, but it's to take action before you're ready. Because that's the only way you're going to get clarity to build stronger intentions. That's the only way that you're going to find out. I should probably be this version of myself, not that one next time. Or, wow, that didn't work. So there's a reason why that didn't work. So let me choose this new intention. Like I have this phrase that I always say, polarity creates clarity. It's like my version of saying like contrast, you know, like opposites. Well, you need contrast to know like, you know, light and dark and like black and white. Like you need to you need to have contrast to understand the differences. And to have gratitude in your life too, because you can't feel joy unless you felt sadness. And so polarity creates clarity. Like you have to take messy action in order to get crystal clear on how to do it better next time. So you have to have a crappy launch in order for you to have a better one next time. You can't just keep waiting to have everything perfect and everything lined up because the law of attraction cannot work without the law of action. And so the biggest thing that I see when people learn about manifestation in business and like, you don't have to hustle anymore. And like, it gets to be easy and and they just stop the action piece. But it's really like a state of mind that you get into, but you're still taking action. And I still find myself working. I'll, I'll find myself working like some weeks, 12 hour days every day. But the difference is in some weeks I work like one hour a day. Mm-hmm. And I ask myself like, why sometimes I work this much? And sometimes, you know, and people could look at my 12 hour days and be like, oh, she's hustling. She's a liar, you know, right, right. but it's the difference between I want to be working. it. Yes. I actually feel inspired to be working. I'm taking inspired action rather than I'm working because I feel like I have to. It's so good. And I think this is something I read. I think it's from um, Four Agreements, Don Miguel. Ruiz. Great. Talking book. To, unbelievable. Yeah. The first chapter alone is like, I could read that a hundred mm-hmm. times. Talking about to not be in action is like to deny life, mm-hmm. to deny existence and to deny God. Yeah. To like, to not be in action. Like yeah. that's, that's also like what you're talking about with like the ego is like also there to make this game real. It's like, we're here to do action. We're here to do work. We're here, we're here to, to do and create and move and Otherwise, there's no point. Just turn off the game now. Exactly. There's no point then. Exactly. Because if we go back to where we were, like where I believe, what I believe, where I'm operating from is that wherever we go back after we 
kick the bucket. There's no, there isn't that physical create. You can't just like grab a ball of clay and mold something and create it. You know, it's just pure thought form and right. pure consciousness. And yeah. that's it. So we're yeah. here to play. We're here to create. We're here to tear manifest. it all down and then manifest it again. Right. Yeah. And that just brings it full circle to what we started this episode with. You remember, which was, are you ready? Oh yeah. You're never going to be ready. <laughs> never going to be ready. Ready's an illusion. How will you know when you're ready? And if you're here to, if the, if the key to manifesting is be the person that would already have this thing, yeah. well then this, that person's already ready already. Yeah. So you're you are doing ready. It. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It is done. It's done. Catherine Zinkina, we're going to follow you on the Instagrams. Yes. At Manifestation Babe. At Manifestation Babe. We're going to check out your podcast. Manifestation Babe podcast. Manifestation Babe podcast. Where else? Anywhere else? Manifestationbabe.com. Dot com. Basically, just anywhere you type in yeah. Manifestation Babe, I should come up. And Brennan, Brennan's at manifestationbro.com. <laughs> net. He's going to get so pissed he said I know. that. <laughs> There's actually a follow. One of my followers, like back in the day, said, if Brennan doesn't start <laughs> Manifestation Bro, I'm going to make my boyfriend take it and you're going to regret it. And I'm like, what? I don't think so. It's uh, Brennan's at manifestation underscore bro <laughs> dot org because <laughs> the dot net and dot com was taken. <laughs> oh dear, he's gonna hate me. At Brennan King O'Keefe. Okay, there it is. There it is. We'll link him up too. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming back on and coming all the way down to Laguna. Traffic both in Laguna and LA sucks, and yeah. you you endured it for this. Thank so. you so much for having me. This yeah. has been so much fun. So much fun, right? Yeah. Hey, if you guys want us to do another episode, let us know, and then I can convince Catherine. I'll have to come up next time because yes, quid pro quo. You come into my pink little office. Yeah, I'll bring all this gear. Oh my god! So we well, can... I will probably have already bought it because okay. that's just how we are. Or manifested it. Yeah. <laughs> all much. right. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know it's been a long one, but you stayed all the way to the end and we really appreciate that. So please give a shout out to Catherine on the Instagram and to me and let us know biggest takeaway, something that really made a difference, something we said, a story we told, anything because that's what fuels us making a difference for you in your life so you can go out and make a difference in other people's lives. Thank you. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.